So, hello everyone. Here we are again with the third episode this time of our podcast about Bible stories from a slightly different perspective. With me today again here is Etty Shani. Hello, Etty. Hello, hello, Andre. So, last time we were talking about the story of Pharaoh and Moses in Egypt. Yes. So, and we reached about that point, if I remember correctly, where Pharaoh decided to give in and give the people a free day, a day of rest. This is true. So, and um, this week, according to the Parashat Shavua, um, meaning the Jewish way of reading the Bible, each week follows a different topic. This week, we are precisely in this point in the story where Israel goes out yes. of Egypt. Yes. So maybe just to remind ourselves again that uh, we want to try something different here. We, we are not looking for an archaeological or historical explanation for these things. But we want to follow a bit the tradition of interpreting these stories from a deeper angle. Yes. Or inner, more psychological, perhaps. So maybe you could summarize again or, or repeat what is this Israel which is stuck in Egypt? Israel is, is um, an aspect of a human soul which is locked in the body. And the body is um, reflected in the name of Egypt, Mitzrayim. The body is um, limited. And this limitation uh, defined in the Bible, in the Bible stories as Egypt. When Israel, they go to Egypt... Right, as we said last time. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. When Israel go to Egypt, they it's it's the soul who goes down to to experience the the narrowness of the body okay so and uh, what does it what does it mean that uh, this this israel goes out of egypt according to what you said um wouldn't this mean that Israel going out of Egypt is a symbolizing death in our terms like the soul going out of the body you can say so or perhaps even birth which is uh, the same movement but in the opposite direction also also this Okay, but um, let's let's look at the story again. What what leads to Israel leaving Egypt? A pharaoh has had it with the ten plagues, 
And he himself just let just say to Moses, just go, go out. I don't want to see your face anymore. And we have to understand that Pharaoh is the aspect of a person who wants to know everything and have a proof of everything. And Moses in us is the one who believes. And the knowledge, it's like a conversation or a struggle between the knowledge and the belief. The knowledge represented by Pharaoh uh, asked the belief to go out of the body. Go out of Egypt, you and your people. Because Moses is the point of belief in one's person's life. And when Pharaoh says to Moses, go out of Egypt, it's like the the material aspect of our life is asking the the soul aspect. That's very interesting what you're saying because um, maybe there's a correlation that there's a lot of pressure in this life that many people feel, all of us, yes. that we go through through our days and uh, maybe there's a stress at work or stress uh, from the family at home, from the children, maybe with the colleagues outside in the office or something. So there is a sense that this world is somehow pushing us to our edge. This is true. It, it is pushing us, but either one person can explode from the from the pressure out, or this pressure can can push a person inside of himself to 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 excavate or to to reveal the point of belief right. in one person. This is what happens in the story of Pharaoh. So that's again very interesting um, because, I mean, most of us, we look at these stories as, yeah, those those people somewhere in the past, you know, in a nice uh, oriental landscape with palm trees and, and uh, pyramids or so. It has, it has nothing to do with us. But I think if we look at it like this, that it's a struggle between um, the knowledge, like you said, and the belief inside yes. of ourselves, it gets much more tangible or, or real, perhaps even. Yes. yes. Okay, so Israel is going out. Could say there's a kind of movement away from the, the knowledge or the knowledge stops having so much control over this Israel. Yes. And now Israel is is following this point of belief. Yes. Which we know as Moses or in Hebrew, the Moshe. Nahon. Sure. So where do they go? They, uh, from Egypt, they can, they're supposed to go to the land of Israel, but first they're supposed to celebrate in the desert, the freedom. And uh, this weekly portion explains that God does not lead them in a short way, because from Egypt, it's very, especially from this uh, part of the delta, which is used to be called or known as Eretz Goshen, 
the fruitful part of the Nile where Israel used to sit in, uh, the easiest and the shortest way to go to Israel or to the, to the land of Israel is through, through the shore. But where the Pelishtim used to sit, Eretz Pelishtim, what known today as Gaza, Strat. But God decides, decided not to lead Israel uh, through this shore plain because he knows they have to fight with the Pelishtim. So he decides in a way to, to take them in a longer way, which finally will become a shorter way. So these are 40 years, as we know. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This is For, true, because, you know, in three days you can climb from Egypt to Israel. It's not, it's like three days walking, basically, not much. Yes. So I, th I think that's, that's a very interesting part that we, that we should clarify. Why, why 40? Why, why not 80 years or 23 weeks? This is a very good question. When Israel go out of Egypt, uh, Moses is 80 years old. 80 years old when he takes Israel out of Egypt. We, we have to, in a way, to speak about other things uh, that are right. beyond what we speak now, but we should do a little entry. And just say that when Moses went to the mountain to to give them the Torah, what known what is known as the the Ten Commandments, uh, mm -hmm. the people that were waiting down below thought that Moses was disappeared in the fog, and they made a, a golden calf. And not just this, they did another thing. They didn't believe Moses about Israel. So when he sends like uh, leaders to tour the country and tell them how Israel is, and, and they, since they didn't believe that Israel is good, the land of Israel is good, that they are being punished to spend their life wandering 40 years in the desert. And because this generation that went out of Egypt is a very highly developed, but they're not, um, they do not fit to go to, to the Israel land, to the land of Israel. They're not. Wait a second. There, there are many interesting things that you're saying. I, I need to stop you there for okay, a second. Okay. So, first of all, you now mentioned the land of Israel. Before we were talking about Israel, which was in Egypt. Yes. What, what is the connection? First, the, we have the, a, yeah. yeah, the people of Israel were slaves, basically, in Egypt. The sons of Israel. And while walking 40 years in the desert, like a few weeks before... Uh, Moses is about to leave them. He says, listen, Israel, you have become a people. Shema Yisrael, Omer Laim Moshe. Le'am. You have become a people. After 40 years in the desert, you are not just a group of slaves or free slaves. You become a people. 
Ah, okay. And the people of Israel, just shortly before Moses say goodbye and give the give the leadership to Yeshua, uh, he he says now that you have become a people of Israel, you are about to go to the land of Israel, which is promised to you. So we have that we have like few steps. We have right. the sons of Israel being slaves in Egypt. We have the people of Israel that is being a people while being wandering in the desert for forty years. In a way, pregnancy of a woman is taking like forty weeks. So each year of the biblical story is like equivalent to a one week of a pregnancy of a woman. So 40 years against 40 weeks of pregnancy and the, right. the people of Israel go through a process of birth. After 40 years, they become a people and they, they can go to the land of Israel because they earn their um, process somehow. That's that's very interesting. Again, with the the forty. Yes. So and uh, there there are many many things I think in this in this story that we can approach this from from different angles. Yeah. Um, why why are they in the desert? Why are they in the desert? What is what is uh, the Hebrew word for for desert mean? Um, a desert is midbar, something that a place that nothing really grows there. Also, in another um, reading, the same letters can can be read as medaber, which Spe means speaking, speaking. One of the conditions that set people free is to speak. So this is this is very interesting. So we have forty years in this conversation. Yes. And um, we know it's not the only place in the Bible also where they go to the desert. We have this in the New Testament too, that the desert is a is a place where important things happen. So, mm. so we, if you say midbar and medaber, yes, it, these are very close. Yes, it's almost almost the same word. So, when when we read in the Bible that uh, of a desert, it's it's not talking about a place where there's a lot of sand or some a few worms maybe perhaps, <laughs> but this is this is some kind of inner dialogue, perhaps. Yes, sometimes when we feel inside of ourselves that nothing is happening, nothing is growing inside of us, there is no water, there is not even a palm tree. We Sometimes we feel this during the day or during the night, we feel nothingness. So then in this nothingness, nothing, nothingness comes to this. Nothingness. Yes, comes the the dialogue, the conversations. 
Or, or maybe we could even say that the this conversation in a person it's always going on, always going in on in a sense, right? But but only when you take away uh, the distractions, perhaps in the desert, the this conversation can can be be seen more or felt yes. or participated in. Yes, when you take out the noise of our daily lives. Exactly. This is what I was thinking of, right? That we are just running around like chickens all day long. And uh, there are all kinds of thoughts and feelings all the time in a person. And we are not always aware of this. But still, there, there is some kind of inner dialogue, which continues also in a our dreams, whether we remember them or we don't, but there's some kind of activity, yes, which we don't really have any explanation for, or can't really place or understand or a grasp with any kind of our our normal tools. This is true. So Israel is is in this conversation for forty years, and a lot of very important things happen there. You already yeah. outlined it a bit, the, the journey. Yes. So, um, but, but maybe since this week is the topic of, of just the first step of going out, maybe we could um, go into this a bit. What is happening? Like you said, there's, first of all, there's a, there's a celebration. Before the celebration, there is uh, a, uh, a godly dis decision not to take them the short way of three days um, uh, through the lands of Plishtim, but to take them into the desert in the longer way to travel. Still here, there is not uh, a sign of 40 years uh, journey in the desert because things did not happen yet, as mm. we know from the later chapters of the Bible. But the, the godly decision is to take a person in a longer way Why? Why? Because in a longer way, there is a sense of education. Sometimes it's like a, it's like a pleasure when people, people, they want to eat something sweet, so they get that pleasure and nothing is happening in the process. They get directly what they want and there is no process. Mm. But when, when, when you teach somebody or you want them to grow, you take them the longer way which is hard because people, a person, one person need to practice more. Since God wants to benefit the person, he takes him the longer way, which at the end is the shorter way. <laughs> yes. So, so, so in a sense, maybe it's, it's a very interesting topic, I think. Maybe we could say that... There, there is such a long process. We, we feel always in life that sometimes that uh, we're far away from, from the good things when we're not happy or something, right? Yeah. That uh, why, why is there such a distance? What is this, this feeling of, wow, the life that I want is so far away, but I'm like here and how will I ever get there? I think everybody has these yeah. thoughts in, in some kind of way. So you're saying it's actually that far away, this feeling that we can develop this, this inner conversation. 
Yes, that we shall develop the tools to to understand and to feel deeper. Because, sorry. Basically, the longer way for us, what we feel as a longer way is to make us adequate to to feel the benefit or the goodness of the of this life. Right, because we could say, like, if God wanted to, He could just put the people from A to B. There's no problem. Yes, yes. But still, there is this this sense of the that the person has to to participate. Yes, that he should not have a shame. That that uh, the person will will be a partner like like God. That that the the God. I mean. There is a sense that the world was created to benefit us, but in order that we should not have a shame of receiving the, the goodness, like a child from a father, but we rather be partners. So this process uh, grow people to be partners. So, so it is longer, but for the long run it's the best. Right, so it's maybe like a child that wants to do things by himself, right? Yes. He wants to learn how to how to walk or something. The the father could just take the child and and move it around, but it's not the same. Like as when the child learns to make its steps and then falls on the face and then tries again. Yes. Yes. It's like there's there's no no sense of of achievement, perhaps in a modern language or. Yes. Okay, so this this you say this happens even before the celebration. This part. This part, yes, uh, it happens before, and uh, Israelis says that uh, God a decision says not to take them through the shorter way. They go and stand in front of a. The Red Sea. We say in English the Red Sea, but in Hebrew it's Yam Suf. Which means? Which means, how do you say the end? The Yam Suf. Suf is from Sof, end. The Sea of End, the end sea, the last. Right. Yes, and uh, Israel stand in front, uh, stand in front of this uh, sea. They want to cross the ocean, but when they want to cross the ocean, at the back already Pharaoh and his carriage, carriages are following them, because Pharaoh has regretted, and though he sent them out of Egypt, now he really doesn't really want to send them free. So Israel stand in the middle. The ocean or the, the Red Sea is in front of them, Yamsuf is in front of them, and Pharaoh and his carriages are behind them. And what do they do? Mm. So we already said that uh, Pharaoh is the the knowledge. Yes. The sort of enforcement, perhaps, or the, the rational thinking, yes. or, or closed-mindedness. Uh, but what is what is this? Um, 
sea of the end, if I translate Yamsuf like this. Yamsuf, uh, if you look, if you look at Israel uh, as as a soul, as the say the land of the soul, what separates the soul from the body, the body is Egypt, or the material life. What separates, in a way, or the border between the soul. And, and the body is Yamsuf. Uh, a sea that puts, uh, in a way, tries to, to limit the soul in its engagement in this world. This is why the Yamsuf... So it's a very is, crucial border. Yes, yes, until today, yes. It's a natural, let's say, geographically, it's, it's a natural border between the Sinai Desert uh, and Egypt, but also it's, it's another, it's another uh, border. Right, because uh, uh, it says a Yamsuf, it's not even the Red Sea of, of, uh, of our maps, so it, it's, it's something else, yeah, but um, like you say, it's it's a kind of very important border that where where perhaps the knowledge and the belief are kind of experiencing their last conflict or first <laughs> or first exactly like we said before we could look at this whole process as as a process of of death going out of egypt or as a process of birth because in a sense, these are the same movements in opposite directions. It's true. So I'm I'm thinking when you say Yamsuf that that it's perhaps like the, a person's will when when he's he's dying, giving up. This is this last last border where where his will cannot cross. You mean the last breath of. A person? Yeah, so so to speak, there is there's this border where where our life here ends. No nobody knows what is after that because uh, this this happens somewhere else. There is this border like a like a veil, you could say, yes. that that we cannot cross with our knowing from here. It's true. It's true. Because and yeah. Yes, when the the soul is is living. Uh, the body, so it ascends to to Israel, to the land of Israel, which is the land of the soul. So you can say, right? But in into this space, um, we cannot take our common understanding. Oh, but we can, but uh, it. Uh, it doesn't hold any water. No. Is is this what is meant with the uh, the troops or the chariots of Egypt being swallowed in the uh, Yamsuf? Yes, yes. It's like the chariot of Pharaoh is the forces. It's like six hundred chariots 
which is again 600. We, we spoke about uh, in the last conversation about the number six, which is the six phases of the dice, which is six phases of the material world. And they are being, swall they are being swallowed uh, in, in, the, in this belief action. This is when Israel crossed the uh, Yamsuf. And uh, just to, to clarify, uh, since the Bible talks about something which is a bit outside of our ideas of time and space, it's not just that this refers to something which happens when we die, so to speak, meaning which is an after to what we experience now or before. It happens But all the time. Exactly. So, so how can we um, how can we frame this that a person experiences this uh, this border of the Yamsuf and the swallowing of the chariot during during a normal day? Does a person just sit there and uh, <laughs> suddenly like see see kind of like a biblical movie like from the 50s in Hollywood in his mind with people screaming? And obviously not, right? They say that the forces of receiving in one person that the need to understand everything and to analyze everything and to measure everything is, is actually being swallowed by the greatest force of belief. This is what happens. I want to understand everything, I want to measure, I want to analyze, I want to have a proof, and suddenly all those needs in me are being swallowed in one spark of belief. And then the ocean is, I mean, then Yamsuf opens and belief, beliefs comes. And everything, what, what I thought before, is just diminishing. It's... Uh... It's, it's very interesting because I think the term belief is, is something which is very problematic for, for us modern people. How do we, you ask about the definition of belief? Right. Many people say, ah, uh, to believe in something uh, is, is irrational or I don't understand it. What does it have to do with me? Or like it's only for religious people or something. But it seems to me you're, you're talking here about belief as, as something more, more basic, which people experience anyway, whether they're religious or what kind of religion they have or in the, independent of that. This is basically a sense of trust. I trust in life. I trust in the goodness that leads life, that creates life. I trust it and I, in a way, abort all my analytic understandings, uh, calculations, measuring. They're being swallowed by a little spark of the sense of goodness that I can feel. And this, this sense of goodness illuminates me and I, it covers all the darkness of, of calculations, this pharaoh and his chariots. You mentioned trust. Yes. Um, the words in Hebrew for trust and belief, 
they are very similar, aren't they? They, they do. Uh, trust is emun, and belief is emuna, and mother is ima. So there is a kind of very natural, very basic trust. Yes. Which doesn't really have to do with ideologies. No. Or what book did I read in school? Or do you go to synagogue or to the church? Or, or any things of these? No, no, just to lay, to lay aside. It's not even a rational decision. It just happens that when, when one person just is tired from just calculating and put everything on paper and a pencil and diagrams and just leaves everything, it's suddenly this, this, this beautiful feeling of trust or just spark of goodness comes and this is it, this is what we say belief, it's like a candle that you can go with, that you hold in your hand or upon your head. It's, it's the sense of goodness it illuminates your heart, you feel suddenly happiness in the heart. And this 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 spark of the um, belief, or if we if we want to speak about Moses again, the the Moshe also which relates to the Hebrew word for the pulling power, right? Yeah, yes. So there is this kind of pulling to, to this um, trust that the trust has a way of, of pulling us over a kind of border that we're standing on one side of this yamsuf of this this boundary with our eyes of knowledge yes and we just see blackness yes and but you yeah yes and we are being pulled by Moses exactly and then it's like the whole world gets turned around Yes. And this can happen when a person dies or when he gets born, but it can also happen in any other moment. During the day, many times. <laughs> we, we think that, uh, let's say a person has a problem, he wants to, to move uh, uh, to another apartment, he needs to raise money and because he wants to make a change and disengage more costs and he sit with himself and try to figure everything on a paper it doesn't come and he's frustrated but suddenly he puts the paper away and just leave the calculation and he says hey it will be good it will it will come good somehow maybe it's not the way I think it will lead me but or I want but I trust and it, it happens many, many moments in a day, not just about big things, also about things. Not that they are little or big, what do we know about it? But right, right. It's interesting that you say that it, it doesn't happen the way I want it to happen. Because yes. many, many times things don't happen the way I want them to happen. But because, because it's limited the way <laughs> Right, we want exactly. It. Because after a few years you look back and say, oh, how good that it didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen. Yes, right. It's true. Whenever well, you look back, you say, "Oh, this is really remarkable what happened." How how lucky I was that my own understanding uh, did not succeed. Right? Yes, yes. In the moment, we don't like it so much. But... No, because we have to. Yeah, we have to 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 limit. I mean, to to admit that we are limited, and there's higher uh, power 
that leads us. You know, sometimes we feel this, sometimes we don't, but it's happening all the time. And when it's happen, when this uh, thing happens, we just, you know, we we pull back and you see something really big is happening. Usually, we don't like to admit this. Right, but like you said, it's going on anyway, whether we are aware of this or not. It's uh, just a matter, in a, in a sense, perhaps, if a person is willing to, to trust or to be pulled through life. Yes. Instead of pushing by himself, perhaps. Yes. When somebody is only pushing, meaning that there is no space for this soul to appear, Right. I think these are many interesting thoughts again. And I hope that we'll continue this discussion in our next episode. I hope to. There, yeah, there are many, many interesting things still that, that we haven't even begun to, to touch. But there are many more episodes, hopefully, in the future. And I want to wish all of our listeners a good day, a good evening, or a good morning. And see you next time. See you next time, and Shabbat Shalom. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.